week actually to talk about it and we have covered six different things that are victorious mindsets and uh instead of having a mindset that is we talked about having a, a paradigms that we are just constantly dealing with the same things over and over again and we've talked about romans chapter 12 verse 2 every week so let's turn there tonight and look at romans 12 2 hallelujah because our goal is to have a renewed mind after we're born again and baptized in the holy ghost speaking in other tongues Hallelujah. The next thing that we have to do is get a renewed mind. Hallelujah. And uh, it is progressive, and it's something we'll never completely arrive at. Uh, God will be showing us new things. You know, when we've been there 10,000 years, we've only just begun. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. And Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but ye, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we don't want to be conformed to this world or to the system of this world or to the way that this world thinks. Hallelujah. And so that's, that's the challenge. That's where we're going. Hallelujah. And a lot of stuff has been put in us. Stuff's still trying to be put in us. And we have the opportunity to either eat of this world or to refuse things. I'm constantly refusing things that they, that they try to speak over us, over our state. You can watch the news and renounce and spend your whole time renouncing. No, we don't receive that. No, we don't take that. No, that can't come in Alabama in Jesus' name because this is our state. God said this is our land. Everywhere the... the the sole of our feet tread belongs to us and that we have authority and if we don't rule and reign here as kings in this life guess who's going to the devil hallelujah and we can either let the devil run roughshod over us or we can stand up take authority over our state our county our family and our lives hallelujah and, uh, you know, sometimes we all let it slip. Sometimes we even speak things into our own lives. But we're learning and we're, we're getting less and less and we're getting quick to dig those seeds up and to repent. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, Monday night in prayer, we canceled the flu in Alabama. We took authority over it because we said, man, if we can take authority over a tornado, why can't we take authority over flu? So we canceled, went home, listened to the news, and they said, well, it's decreasing. Hallelujah. It's decreasing. You know, that's one of those things. You know the scripture, and this happens to me all the time. The Bible says, before you even pray, I hear you. Because God's in, he doesn't, in, he doesn't see time as we see it. Sometimes he's already, the prayer, that's how a prayer, you can pray it, and ten minutes later it get answered. It only, the way it happens is because God heard you pray it before you said it. Because there's no time in God. So we prayed on Monday night and, and, it, and God had already started on it because He knew we would say it on Monday night. And He had already heard us say it. In fact, He put it in our heart to say it. Hallelujah. Every time you think you prayed a good prayer, you go, man, I am something. Hallelujah. That's only because God put the words in your mouth that you prayed anything worth, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that the truth? Hallelujah. Without Him, we can do nothing. Hallelujah. John 8, 31. Let's read there tonight. Um, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If ye continue in My word, then are ye My, my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And that was the first victorious mindset, is knowing that the truth would make us free. Knowing the truth would make, me, make us free. And by knowing that and by having that firmly set in our minds, we overcome that, the getting zapped syndrome. In other words, we overcome thinking that God's just going to take care of all this. I'm just going to get zapped. One day this is going to disappear. No, the way it's going to disappear is you're going to know the truth. And you're going to begin to take steps and move toward it. Now, we're not reviewing tonight, but I wanted to just read that scripture. So freedom comes from knowing the truth. And the renewed mind is our personal growth plan in the kingdom. That's our growth plan. How do we grow in God? Get our mind renewed. Hallelujah. 
And the truth is, we are all changing in key areas. And these things we're talking about, I believe, are key areas that affect most of us. You may have one of them down a little better than another, but all of these areas affect us that we've been given in these last few weeks. I need to identify the areas that I need to target for renewal. Every one of us need to identify the areas, not just ignore our problems, not just ignore our, oh, that's just my personality. Oh, that's just, a, that's kind of my weakness. You know, not, that's just not, that's not dealing. That's not getting a renewed mind. But, but tar, this is the areas I need to target. That, that, that doesn't mean we need to get overwhelmed by it. And we're not talking about news, New Year's resolutions. We're not talking about, well, I'm just going to will to do better. I'm just going to, no. We're talking about relying on God in these areas. And turning to Him and saying, and bringing this before God. God, and here's a good one. God, why do I do that? Because if I can discover what it is that causes me to react in the way I react or do what I do, then I've come a long way towards. And then I, I you know, the I can't fix me. If I could have fixed me, I'd already done it, hallelujah, in a bunch of areas. But God, by His grace and by me being willing to know truth, He can change me for the better and cause me to grow. So we target these areas for renewal by making a list of areas that we're not experiencing victory in. Instead of just ignoring the fact that we're having trouble in an area or we're not victorious in an area, we acknowledge, I'm not victorious in this area, God. I don't know why. That doesn't mean you'll be instantly zapped and it'll be fixed. It means that you'll start and God will begin a work in you in that area. Hallelujah. And any area that you're deciding satisfied in hallelujah uh we you you can make that an area and say lord i don't understand why you know you know people that uh you know are uh uh well, let me just think of something that none of you are. None of you are this because you're on at church on wednesday night people that just can't seem to get to church they need to find out why you know there is a reason for that Instead of just, well, I'll do better next year. Well, you know, that's my New Year's resolution. That's not the reason. There is a reason, and you got to go to the root. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, and, you know, this is this identifying the areas I need to target for renewal is a part of what it means, not the whole thing it means, but a part of what it means to judge myself that I be not judged. Because if I can change these areas that need to be renewed, that I need a mind renewal in before they become really huge problems, before, before they show up and make me and really defeat me in an area, then I if I can stop it and if I can if I can get ahead by the power of the Holy Ghost in these areas of victorious thinking, then that's when I'll truly be victorious because I can avoid things. Amen. And God really wants to help us avoid things. He wants to help us avoid the crisis, avoid the problem. Hallelujah. Uh, also, by this mind renewal, I'm, I'm maintaining freedom by knowing more and more truth. I'm maintaining my freedom. Because, you know, even if you do come to a service and we lay hands on you or a guest speaker lays hands on you and you get zapped, and sometimes we do, we get renewed, we get an impartation, we get and we have victory in that meeting and we're, my Lord, I'm free. But a lot of times if we don't have a renewed mind, we're not able to maintain the victory. Hallelujah. You know what I mean, past the special meeting times. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. And then we're and we're going to first of all we're going to look at the the uh, the uh, number six victorious mindset number six is that my prayers are powerful and effective. We need to have a victorious mindset that my prayers are powerful, my prayers are effective, and when we have that mindset, we uh, overcome three things. We overcome vain repetitions in prayer. We also overcome prayerlessness. Does the body of Christ need to overcome prayerlessness? Yes. We overcome thinking I am spiritually weak and other people can pray my prayers better than I can. 
We overcome those three areas. When we get a full understanding that I'm powerful and effective, my prayers are powerful and effective. Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 says, And he called unto them the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. I don't know if that's the right verse or not. No, that was Mark. <laughs> no wonder that didn't sound right. I did that last week too. <laughs> but when you pray, use not vain repetitions. I thought, boy, I'm going to have trouble making that verse work. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I tell you what, I have crammed them in and made them work before when I did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just act innocent, act like, yeah, that's the right verse, and, and kind of make it work. Hallelujah. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. So we need to think about what are vain repetitions, because we all think, oh, I don't do that. That's what those Catholics do. You know, Hail Mary, Mother of God, you know, that's a vain repetition. And certainly that would be, but that's not the only thing that vain repetitions are. Um, uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, it's those people that kind of do those chanting type prayers. Well, um, that's not all it is. Hallelujah. Or we could maybe think that vain repetitions would be written prayers. But I personally don't have a problem with written prayers if you add some key ingredients. Hallelujah. In fact, we find written prayers in the Bible. In Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians, we find prayers that are written for us to pray. So there's not anything wrong with written prayers, but we have to add some things. And Or you could say, well, vain repetitions are memorized prayers, like people that pray the Lord's Prayer over and over. I don't even have a problem with praying the Lord's Prayer if you add in the name of Jesus to the end and you use it to, to launch from. It's a, it's a launching spot. It's not just, I can pray this prayer, that's enough prayer, that's all I need to say. If I say that, it covers it all. No, these, those are kind of topics for prayer that Jesus gave us. And so, um, But anything that we pray by rote, that's what I call it, by rote. In other words, anytime you're praying and you're not involving your heart, you're probably over in vain repetitions. And you can pray in tongues and not involve your heart. We need to involve our heart when we're praying in tongues. We need to, we need by, to actively engage faith and pray in tongues in faith. I am inspired all the time by praying in tongues. Did you know that tongues is the reversal of the Tower of Babel? When he said, I'm going to confuse their language because they're all believing the same thing. They're all speaking the same thing and nothing shall be impossible to them. And on the day of Pentecost, God gave it back to us. And now the body of Christ speaking in tongues is all, spe is all praying the same thing. All speaking the same thing. It causes us to pray the very same thing that our sisters and brothers in Africa and Indonesia and China that are praying. We're praying with the entire body of Christ. I tell you, it's easy to get in faith when you look at tongues, right? When me and you pray together, we're praying the same thing. We're in perfect agreement. We're praying the very will of God. Hallelujah. So it's easy to be in faith about praying in tongues when you look at it that way. Um... Uh, you know, he, it kind of explains vain repetitions here when he says, uh, 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 they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Anytime we think, oh, we think, well, I just need to pray more and more and more and more and more. And, and if we're doing that and it's not faith, in other words, I just keep asking and asking and asking and asking the same things every day, that's vain repetition, asking over and over. Because Mark eleven twenty four says that we believe we receive when we pray. Hallelujah. So we believe we receive when we pray. And then uh, a lot of our praying after that, and certainly there are some things that you pray over and over. For instance, uh, somebody said, uh, you know, you, you pray over and over uh, uh, for God to send a labor across the path of your uh, children if your children are backslid. Why would you pray that over and over instead of once? Well, because the last labor he sent, they turned down. Hallelujah. So you're saying, Lord, send another one. Praise God. So there's prayers like that where other people are involved. But when you're praying over and over, oh, God, give me a car. Oh, God, I need a car. And the next day, Lord, I'm asking you for a car. Well, we're into vain repetition, and we need to get over and believe we receive and get over into thanksgiving, don't we? So also vain repetitions are, are 
we don't want to pray head prayers. We want to pray spirit-led prayers. And sometimes we can get into a rote, you know, even uh, uh, us in the Word of Faith movement, uh, and I've heard this recently, I've heard we've been in prayer situations recently when we heard people fall into this where they're not really even thinking about but they they just have this little circle of cycle of prayers they pray and it's scripture but they just pray it every day and it's just like okay you could have just you could record it and the next day it sound just the same and the next day it sound just the same i don't know if you've ever done that but that is rote praying we need there's we all, our prayer ought to be different every day because it's spirit led. Hallelujah! And God gives us a new scripture and another way to say it. Hallelujah! And uh, so we pray in faith. We increase our thanksgiving. We listen to the Holy Ghost while we pray. We explain. Th- you know, one of the ways not to pray is quit explaining things to God. And you know, quit thinking you have to pray in sentences. God doesn't need to hear your whole sentence. Especially when you get over to praying for your nation and your, you know, stuff like that. Well, you know, God, this nation is in such horrible shape. And Lord, you know that Congress, they are so divided and they are so... He does not need you to tell him any of that. And besides all that, you don't know anything about it anyway. You just think you know what you think you know. You just heard what the news media said. You know, you don't know how many Christians are up there. You don't know how many are listening to God. You don't know, you know, it don't look like they are, but I'm saying, you know, praise God. Hallelujah. You don't know what's going on in Washington. So we don't want to explain things to God. And we sure we don't want to explain, you know, now God, you know my kid. He is just this and he is just that. And you don't know, the, you're not going to get to the root of the problem. And when you're praying for a city, a lot of times you'll hear me just say a word. Just one word. Just, just a word that you hear. And you don't even have to explain it. Just like impartation. Thank you, Lord, for impartation. Well, hallelujah. If you heard the word from the Holy Ghost, you don't have to go further than that. Hallelujah. And you become these rote prayers. And, uh, and plus you'll drive everybody else in the room crazy if you start explaining every prayer and you start, you know, telling God what is, what's the problem is. Hallelujah. He doesn't want to know the problem. Hallelujah. And so we, this is things that will help us begin to believe that our prayers are powerful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> James 5, 16 and 18. Knowing my prayers are powerful. Hallelujah. And curing prayerlessness in my life. The thing, one of the things that will cure prayerlessness, and this is uh, James 5, 16. One of the things that will cure prayerlessness is knowing your prayers are powerful. If you feel like, man, this is doing no good, guess what? You're not going to want to pray. Hallelujah. And you know, if you pray the problem, and if you tell God the problem, first of all, you're going to get depressed praying. Before you finish praying, you've depressed yourself more. Hallelujah. So you uh, 5.16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. And then this is the part we wanted to go to. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Well, the first thing in this scripture that we have to get a real handle on if we're going to believe we're powerful in prayer is that we're righteous. Until we truly believe I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It was a free gift. I didn't earn it, but it was bestowed upon me righteousness and I've been given that and I am righteous then that takes us out of feelings then we don't just pray when we feel like it because I well I feel like I could pray today I feel like I'm in faith I feel uh, an unction to pray we want to get completely out of that or you're going to be prayerless a lot of the time because there's going to be a lot of times when especially when you first start out you don't feel like it hallelujah just like on a cold morning your car don't feel like it you can start that car and it don't feel like it at first. Mine don't want to go up that hill because I don't ever let it warm up. I just start, put it in gear, drive out, go and start right up that hill. And it don't want to go up that hill when it first gets started in the morning. When it's cold, it don't like it. Hallelujah. And that's how we are in prayer. 
And sometimes if you have an older car, it really don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And so, uh, praise God. Uh, but but we get to, we get this understanding that we're righteous. We get this understanding that that our prayers are effectual and they're and fervent. If fervent means that if it involves our heart, that we have a passion in it. We're not just praying. Oh God, if you can do any do something, Lord, you know. <laughs> Lord, I pray for all those that's whom my duty to pray for. Well, that's going to help. That is going to help, I can tell you. Hallelujah. No, Elias was a man like us. In fact, he, he was of like passions as we are. He had his problems. He had his situations. But hallelujah. But he, and he wasn't even born again. But he, he was able to, to, to pray a prayer. And you've got to believe God that you can pray powerful and effective prayers. And if you pray that it doesn't rain, well, we could go into a lot of that, but if you pray something like rain or doesn't rain or whatever and it doesn't get answered that time, well, increase in authority. Don't give up. Just say, I'm increasing in my authority. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, um, praise God for this, that we are, we're not being led by feelings. Hallelujah. Not praying just when we feel like. Effective prayer is not about being smooth and fluent. But it's about praying God's will. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. No, chapter, yeah, chapter 5 verse 14. It's not about being smooth and fluent. A lot of people get discouraged because they're smooth, not smooth and fluent. Well, there's times I'm not smooth and fluent. You know, there's times we pray groanings that cannot be uttered. We can't put words to it. We can't get it out. But we just stumble around the best we can. And then there's times that the Holy Ghost kind of takes hold together with our tongue and, and it'll come out like a river. But that doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every day for me. Praise God. 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So we need to mark this scripture and go over and over it until we're so convinced and renewed in our mind, first of all, that we're righteous. And secondly, that if we ask according to His will, bless God, He heard us. And we can rest assured that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Might not happen right now, might not happen tomorrow, but we have it. And that causes our prayers to be powerful and we can know, I pray powerful and effective prayers. And that makes me strong. When I know I pray powerful and effective prayers, that's, that's, you, got, you can't have a renewed mind without knowing. You, you are missing a key part of the renewed mind if you do not know that your prayers, prayers are powerful and effective and you think everybody else can pray your prayers for you better than you can. And you are prayerless because you don't know how powerful your prayers are, how much it's going to impact your family, how much it's going to transform your grandchildren and your children, how much it's going to change your future. And it's an investment in your future. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I got some news for you tonight. The Holy Ghost said to me this to me, and it's true. Hallelujah. The only way to become strong in prayer is to pray. I mean, it's like exercise. We can read books all day on exercise. We can study the muscle groups. We can, I mean, we can. We can study the foods that, that build muscle and the, the protein powders. And we can, we can know everything about it. But until you move the muscle... Bless God, you aren't building muscle. And until you pray, it don't matter how much you study, pray. And sometimes we become professional prayer studiers. And we've got to begin to pray. And we will start out, and it won't be much. But hallelujah, it'll increase. And God will increase us. Hallelujah. And then, here's another thing the Holy Ghost said to me today. And I believe that truly this is a mindset in this church that is really, that, that, that several, several, if not a bunch, if not all of us need to overcome to some dimension is this, is, and here's what the Holy Ghost said, you cannot find a way to pray without sacrifice. And I believe that's the key to prayerlessness is because we're still looking for a way to pray without sacrifice. Well, I want to pray, 
but I'm waiting for a time. I've got destination disease. I've got a being zapped theory, and I'm waiting for a time when it won't be a sacrifice. And you will never find it. It will never come where praying will not be a sacrifice. It, you will have to sacrifice any time you pray. But I will tell you this, and here's I know the Lord gave me this. I've never thought of it before. And here's what He told me, and it's true. I finally got to that point. But in John 4.34, turn there. And we're, we're looking for the day when we'll have enough time and we won't have to sacrifice from family. We, but you know what? You, you're, hallelujah. We won't have to sacrifice from, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, whatever, housework or anything. We're looking for a time when we won't have to miss any sleep. We're looking for the time when it'll be easy. And I tell you what, it'll always be hard on the flesh. Prayer will always be hard on the flesh until you get rid of your flesh. And the only way you can get rid of it is go to heaven or rapture or, well, you go to heaven. And you're, the flesh will always resist prayer to some degree or another. Hallelujah. And also, it will always be a sacrifice. You will always have to leave what seems urgent, what seems necessary, what seems important, what seems uh, vital, and what you want, what you really, really want to do the will of God. Jesus said you're going to have to take up your cross, folks. John 4.34. They, they talked to Jesus and they said... Uh, In the meantime, verse 31, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. And he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Have any man brought on him aught to eat? And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. After you begin to pray and you persevere through prayer, it will come to the point to it's your meat. To it becomes such a pleasure to you. And it, I'm not saying it won't still be a sacrifice. I'm not saying there won't be times you don't feel like it. But I am saying it will be it will be a, it will be a meat to you. It will be you will go you know and even when you're first starting out, I know that it was this way for me. It's like Man, I, I would dread it. I didn't want to do it. My flesh would be screaming. I didn't feel like it. I had a million reasons not to. But every time I did it, I always enjoyed it and felt better afterwards. And that starts very early on. But you can even get past that point where, where you actually anticipate it and look forward to it because it becomes your meat. Jesus was a man just like we are. He didn't say this because, oh, I'm divine. No, he left his divinity. And doing the will of God had to become through practice and through submission of His will had to become His meat. Hallelujah! And that's a victorious mindset. And I'm not. And 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 this y'all are mature believers, so y'all can receive this. Number seven of victorious mindsets. I really believe my soul is prospering. And you know, Pam started us out that night. She said tonight. She said I may not look like it, but I'm getting better. She really believed her soul. That is a victorious mindset right there. I really believe my soul is prospering. Hallelujah. Uh, and having soul prosperity uh, and really believing your soul is prospering helps you overcome feeling powerless. Did you ever feel powerless? Hallelujah. Have a situation and you felt powerless. Turn to 3 John chapter 2. We're overcoming feeling powerless because we know our soul is prospering. We hadn't arrived, but we've left. Third John chapter 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And so um, soul prosperity is more important than receiving a blessing. A lot of people just, oh, I want God to give me a blessing. It's more important than a blessing, more important than having a prayer answered. Because you can have a prayer answered and go right back to a defeated lifestyle. You can get a blessing, and a lot of people do. Even the sinner can get a blessing every once in a while. Hallelujah. Uh, 
and go right back to a defeated life. But if our soul is prospering, it's the most important thing. Hallelujah. My soul and your soul, our souls are moving toward wholeness. Hallelujah. Wholeness. I want to be whole in my soul. Now, I've already got that in my spirit, but I want my wholeness in my soul. And wholeness in the soul, that is, that's a tongue twister, isn't it? Wholeness in the soul has three parts. One part of our wholeness is, is restoration. Psalm 23, 4. He restoreth my soul, and it's a work of the Spirit. Of course, we have to cooperate with Him. We even invite Him in and ask Him to do it. But it's a work of the Spirit. And then another part of my wholeness in my soul is my mind renewal. And another part of wholeness is the submission of my will and lordship. And boy, that is an ongoing process, an ongoing thing of submitting to His will Submitting to His Lordship. Hallelujah. If, we, if our soul is prospering, then we know that our inner victory is increasing. Even if we are facing circumstances, even if we are facing things that are uncertain and uncertainties in life, even if we have unresolved issues, we know that our inner victory is increasing all the time. And soul health... Being healthy in our soul is the only thing that can bring long-term positive change to our lives and to our families. Until we have soul health, there won't be long-term change. There won't be long-term positive change in our lives or in our families. When you find a dysfunctional family, or a defa- you always find a lack of soul health in at least one or more members. Most of the time in more than one. But when you find dysfunctional families, there's, it's always, a, uh, there's, there's, the soul is unhealthy. The mind, will, and emotions. The thinking patterns, hallelujah, they're not prospering in their soul. Hallelujah. Soul health can be measured by our responses and can be seen. We can see if we're, our soul's not healthy. We can see if our soul's not prospering. It may be prospering in some areas, but we can see. We measure this soul health by our responses. If we're defensive, that's, not, that's a sign. That's not soul healthiness. If, we're, if we have fears, a lot of fears. I have dealt with a tremendous amount of fear in my life. That is not a healthy soul. That is not health. Hallelujah. That's not wholeness. Hallelujah. Jealousy. If we have those thoughts of jealousy and envy, that is not soul health. That is a sign. I need to renew my mind. I have got to bring my soul into health in this area. If we're easily hurt, if we're offended easily, or if we're carrying an offense right now, if we're sad a lot, if if we're grieving, you know, uh, God never intended. We're not designed to carry grief. Now, the world will tell you, you've got to grieve. I tell you, our friend Terry Haynes in Houston, Texas. I tell you, her husband went to be with the Lord last, uh, I guess it's been two years in April now. And I'm telling you, she was a demonstration of the power of God. She, she never slowed down. She never let it stop. And she loved him. They had a tremendously good marriage. Now, I've seen people that never slowed down. It was like, praise God, he's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'd had an aunt that way. I mean, she was like, when Uncle Mackie died, when my, she was my great aunt, actually, but my daddy's aunt. But when Uncle Mackie died, aunt, we called her Aunt Runt. I don't know why. I guess she was the runt of the litter. I don't know. Her name was Annie Mae, but we call her Aunt Runt. But, um. Uh, when Uncle Mackie died, she said, Praise God, I'm going to get go somewhere for finally. He wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> and they, and she, she had a long marriage too. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, praise God, she lived long. So she got some years of... So we're not talking about that. Terry and Scott had a wonderful marriage. But man, I tell you, she rose up. Praise God. Went to Disney World with her kids and grandkids. And has just, just been happy every day. Every day. I mean, I tell you, it's been awesome. We've just watched her and rejoiced with her. Hallelujah. And how she's reacted. Just got up, started serving God. You know, because she had been nursing him. So she had been kind of out of commission in that area for a while. 
Praise God. So that grieving is not is a sign that our soul's not healthy. Um, manipulation. If we're always trying to manipulate people or situations, that's a sign we're not healthy in our soul. If we have negative thinking, self-hatred. I'm just giving you a few. Inability to quickly bounce back when things go wrong or when things happen. If we are in the blame game, if we're always making excuses, then that's not a sign of soul health. And you know some signs when you see that's not good soul health. You can know if you're there or if you're not. And we all have some areas that we need to improve on. Um, you know, uh, we can use these negative things like jealousy and fear and anger. We can use manipulation. We can use these things and they can produce for us short term. But they will result to having a, in having inner poverty. So we need to learn to think long term. This determines our future quality of life. Our ability to think long term. All of us need to believe God not to be short-sighted, but to think long term. Because our future depends upon it. The quality of life I'll have in my future. A victorious mindset wants to get to the root of the problem. A mediocre mindset's willing to sweep problems under the rug. I just don't want to deal with that right now. I just can't face that right now. And I've used those words. I've said those very things. I just can't face it right now. But hallelujah, that is not a, a victorious mindset. A victorious mindset in the set says, no, I don't even want to just chop the weed off on top of the ground. I want to get the root so this thing doesn't come back again. Hallelujah. So in our relationships, we look to the long term. In our parenting, looking to the long term. That's so important. Parents are so short term in, their, in what they're looking at now. Um, what I have now, if I don't deal with it, will create something in my future. For instance, if I have a poverty spirit, it will create lack in my future. Now, I give you an example of that in my own life. The other day, I decided I had this thought. I have these glasses that I like that I bought at the factory outlet in Shreveport several years ago, traveling through there. And I bought, why did I buy six glasses? I mean, you always have more people than that. And so I thought, I want those, some more of those glasses. And there, I know, they were just Libby glasses. They're nothing. And I like, they don't even make those anymore. But I thought, I'm going to look on eBay. And guess what? I found them. Eight of them. And so it was one of those things, uh, buy it now, that wasn't like a bidding where you bid against other people. It was buy it now, or it said, or make an offer. So I made the lady a really low offer, and she took it. And then she sent me the bill. And I had too quickly, hastily, pastor doesn't even know this yet. He's, this is true confessions. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hastily. Not paying attention, not factored in the shipping cost. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> and so I'm like, I was mad at myself. I was like, oh, you know, and I was just, and I, I, I felt grieved, but I felt, uh, I felt uh, guilty for spending that money, you know. It's like, ah, I did not want to spend that much right now, and... You know, and everything. And so I repented. And then about two hours later, I'd think about it, and I'd repent again. About two hours later, I'd think about it, and I'd repent again. And I'm like, I've been repenting about all day about this. And it's like, what is the root of this? Because I knew God forgave me. I know this is not a problem. So what is the root? And I had the money. It wasn't like I was going to have to hold up the convenience store to pay for it or nothing. And, you know, it was just, a, it, and even then, it wasn't even that much money. It was about $20 more than I expected to pay. You know, but it was just like shocking when you got it, you know. So I had to think about what's the root of this. And I realized that the root of it was I didn't want to spend that money because really the real root was that I was fearing lack. That I was one, you know, I had some other needs that I wanted to do. I need some new glasses, I need some things. And so I was like, this fear of lack kind of rose up in me. And, and, and this is why I'm, I'm not really so guilty like God's mad at me for spending money. I'm just guilty because I, it, the, it was coming more from a fear of lack. And I was fearing, okay, now, you know, fear of lack. 
And so that fear of lack, the root of that's poverty spirit. Hallelujah. It's not like I went out and committed some major sin. I spent $20 more than I expected to spend. And you know, God, when we make a mistake, God can give us the money back. But if we don't deal with the root of the problem, it doesn't matter if he had caused me to walk out in the backyard and find a $20 bill. And I said, oh, good. Thank you, Jesus. That, that poverty spirit, that fear of lack, was going to create uh, uh, a, uh, a lack in my future. And so one of the things I had to do was let go of small thinking right there. And then I had to say, you know, really another thing here is that I have a poor concept of God. I'm still not complete and whole in my concept of God and His ability to provide and how He will provide for me. Hallelujah. So my future quality of life was going to be affected by that if I didn't get to the root of I've got, I'm dealing with a fear of lack here. And I may have mostly conquered it, but, you know, sometimes you can just hit the right button. It'll just, something will flare up. And you'll go, well, I, I didn't think I had any fear of lack. You know, it's real easy when you've done everything right and dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's. It's real easy to say, I'm in faith and I don't have any fear of lack, but make a mistake. Overdraw your account. Do something like that you didn't know he was going to do. And then see if the fear of lack raises its ugly head and screams in your ear. Or let your boss say something. Or, you know, you just heard the employees talking about something. And what raises its head? And that means that our concept of God is not completely, He's my Father. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll not, you know... He'll always supply. I'll never lack. Hallelujah. So my future quality of life increases in direct proportion to my soul prosperity. We, we would be more intent on our soul prospering if we really believe my future quality of life depends on this. What I'm going to have when I'm 80 depends on this. How I'm going to live when I'm 80. How, how I'm going to act when I'm 80. How my kids are going to like me when I'm 80. Because you know there's two sets of people that don't have charm in this world. The old and the young. The young hadn't learned to be charming. We can cover a lot of multitude of sins with our charm. You know, but kids can't and, and, and older adults, we lose our ability to have charm. Some people lose it faster than others. If you get that mindset, and really, they people, actually older people get this. Well, I'm old. I can say and do anything I want to now. I've heard people, they've said it. I've heard them say it. They're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to act nice so my kids will take care of me. Oh, my. I want to be nice. Hallelujah. I'm trying to be nicer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, soul prosperity affects my true faith my ho and my hope. Tr soul prosperity affects my ability to love and to receive love. If I can't receive love, I don't have my soul's not prospering. If I don't know how to receive gifts and I don't know how to be thankful and gracious, Hallelujah, I, my soul's not prosperous in that area. Hallelujah. Number eight. I hope we have time for this, but we'll try. Victorious mindset number eight. I Really believing I'm going forward in life. I am going forward in life. And that helps us to overcome distractions and spiritual laziness. Going forward in life. I am going forward. Say, I am, I am. going forward. In life, Exodus 14 and verse 15. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Speak to the children of Israel and tell them to go forward. And God's saying that to us tonight. Did you know, I, I read this uh, one time, a stationary train can be prevented from moving by a small board. But a moving train can break through a brick wall. But you can put a small board in front of a stationary train and it can't go. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? So when we, are, when, when we move, moving people create breakthroughs in and around them. If we get moving, you will create not only breakthroughs for yourself, but you will create breakthroughs for other people. Hallelujah. The breaker anointing exists in forward-moving people. In the 1970s, a sur they did a survey, and they found that there was one similarity in all discouraged pastors. One thing all discouraged pastors had in common in the 1970s. You will be amazed what it is. The, the, the one similarity was they were not reading inspirational books. That is amazing that something like that. Just not reading inspirational books. And of the pastors that did read inspirational books... Of all the pastors that said, yes, I do read inspirational books, zero were found to be depressed. Isn't that amazing? That's not talking about that they didn't read at all, you know, but reading novels, reading, you know, the paper, reading all this stuff. That wasn't it. It was reading inspirational books. And that proves what we've kind of thought and known all along, that one sentence, read or heard, can change everything. One sentence, one word. I remember coming to prayer one night in June. And we had gotten just a tremendously uh, a scary... I, it was really just the devil blowing smoke as I looked back at, it, at black, back at it because it didn't even come from a reliable, authoritative source. But... Somebody told us something that we were going to have to do to this building. And it was big and it was scary. And we had barely got moved in. And we came to prayer and it just so happened that Melissa was leading prayer that night. And on the prayer sheet she had wrote one sentence. Or one phrase actually. I think it was just a phrase. And she, I think she had gotten it from the Alabama girls softball team. Do you remember what that phrase was Melissa? Finish it. Finish it. And she used that in our prayer sheet because she felt like the Holy Ghost was speaking to her that River Church was to finish it. And of course, she didn't have a clue about the situation or the problem. But that one word, that's all it took. And we went home and said, don't worry about it. Finish it. Just finish it. Just keep going. Just finish it. Don't think a thing about it. Finish it. And for several days... We went around just with the comfort of finish it, finish it. And then uh, a friend of ours, we had some ministers over to the house and, and we kind of told them the situation. And one of the, we had never had this one minister to our house before. And he just jumped up and said, I'm going to take care of that. And he just went out in the drive. He just left the house. He went out in the driveway. He got on his phone, called a lawyer in town that he knows. We don't know, one, I don't know one lawyer in town. And he called a lawyer in town, he knows. And that lawyer was in Russia, because he goes to Russia on mission trips. And he was in Russia, and he said, or he was fixing to get on a plane to Russia or something. And I don't think he was in Russia, but he was getting on the plane. And he said, tell him to call me next Tuesday. And so the next Tuesday, pastor called him. And he come in at this time. And or come, or the, I don't even remember, but I just know Michael went down there. Pastor went down there. And uh, I know... He was like, who are you? I mean, he didn't even remember, you know. And uh, so Pastor told him, he said, oh, pay no attention to that. That's what he, said. he said, pay no attention to that. You know, hallelujah. But that one phrase, finish it. Finish it. That's all it takes is one word. To change everything in your life. One word, one word, one word. So 
I want to say tonight, get moving forward. Get moving and get moving. Move forward in one area, and it has a positive effect on the whole. Yeah. Hallelujah. When the Red Sea parted, the Red Sea parted when Israel started moving forward. We could stand here all day, and until we start moving, nothing's going to change. Do you want things to open up? Then move forward. Hallelujah. If you don't know how to move, ask God. And if, you, if He don't say anything, move the best way you can think of. Because it's easier to steer. Well, it's impossible to steer a parked car. But if a car's moving, you can steer it. And God can steer you if you're moving. Hallelujah. So three victorious mindsets tonight. Thinking right about ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Really believing that your prayers are powerful and effective. Really believing that your soul is prospering. And, and praise God, moving forward. Or I think I said it a different way, but that's basically, I'm moving, I'm going forward in life. Making that decision to go forward in life. Praise God. And you know what? Just from these examples, I think, I think I'd go home and read an inspirational book if I was you. First of all, you wouldn't be discouraged pretty soon. You wouldn't be depressed. Glory to God. And one word. And you know what? This is a proven fact. If you get God to speaking, you'll hear Him. If you can get, if you can hear Him the first time, you can hear Him over and over and over, and you'll get to where you hear Him at every turn. You won't be able to, everything you hear, it'll, you'll hear God saying something in it. You can turn on a movie and you'll hear God speaking. Because you've got your ear. And you know, hallelujah. Now I'm not saying every movie, but some, some movies God might say, quit watching that. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. I can think of some. And I know there's some that I wished I'd have listened. I don't watch a bad movie very often. But every once in a while I have gotten hooked on something and started watching it. And even then, you probably wouldn't even call it bad. But, boy, I tell you, if I start thinking about something in the night, and I, it's not positive. I, don't, I am mad at myself for watching something that, that brings anything negative, anything of fear, anything of negative. Hallelujah. I don't like it. Hallelujah. We ought to have nothing to do with unfruitful works of darkness. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Anybody else have a testimony tonight? We opened with one. We might close with one. Can we pray for anybody tonight? Anybody say, I need prayer. I just need a breakthrough. I need a boost in getting my breakthrough. Anybody? Hallelujah. Well, let's just let's just pray for one another then. Hallelujah. Praise God. Won't you go to somebody and just pray for them? Just lay your hands on them and part life like we've talked about. Just find somebody that you feel led to go to. Thank you, Jesus.